Um, we're learning from the Pisces Narebi's Chovat HaTalmidim, uh, oftentimes called Students' Obligation in English. And um, in the back of this book, he has three essays called Shloshama Marim. We're learning the first of them. The first one is called Eich Lahagot Besifrei Chasidut. How does one study um, Hasidic Svarim? Instruction manual. <laughs> Okay, which which already means it's not move on mail love. It's not uh, it's not taken. There's not taken for granted that you know what to do with this material. Okay, it's, there's already an assumption there that that reading might not be enough. I think bepashtut in a simple sense, you know, many people encounter that when they're learning certain environment. Like I'm reading this, it doesn't make any sense to me. But the Rebbe's taking it even further, which is we're going beyond reading. Well, how do we how do we orient ourselves towards this material? And last week he began developing this concept. He, he brought it even further because he quoted the, the Mishnah in Pirkei Avot, which says, um, "A person whose wisdom is greater than their deeds, is like a tree with great many branches but really weak roots." It's heavy on top and, and not, not rooted in a strong way, and a, and a simple wind can blow it over. And the Rebbe basically says, no, any learning of Sifri Chasidut, of Sifri Kabbalah, learning about Svirot, uh, these like high concepts, and Olamot, and cosmic realities, and divine qualities, how, does, how, how is any of this something that's connected to our Ma'asim? How is any of this rooted in action, as far as we're concerned. This is all chokhmah that seems to be disembodied and beyond us. So how can we justify any of our learning of this material? You have a question? So the Rebbe goes in and, and um, he began, began speaking. He began speaking about the composition of the soul. That the soul is composed of five basic parts or expressions which are called in the already by Chazal, already in the Midrash but uh, developed much more in the Sifrei uh, Kabbalah and Chasidut Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chaya Yechida, um, you might come across these uh, the Rashi Tevot, Naran Chai Naran Chai, which is the the acronym for all the, the portions of soul and the Rebbe started explaining that um, the nefesh r- relates to the part of the soul which animates the physical body. The ruach, spirit, um, is that which uh, pertains to the heart and which is in the realm of emotion. Neshama uh, pertains to the mind and to consciousness. And then chayin yichida um, are levels that exist beyond the body, so to speak, but but in a sense are the 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 greater resource of spiritual vitality that all the other la- layers of being draw from, and he brought a beautiful analogy of a bottle with a funnel. Okay, the a funnel sits in the bottle. The edge of the funnel is very narrow. You know the spout, so to speak. The bottom of the funnel, where it's very narrow, only that amount can actually fit into the bottle. The much wider mouth of the funnel, which receives greater quantities of wine, sits atop the bottle. So the, in the analogy here, the body is the bottle. There's only a more limited, constricted, mitzumtzam um, degree of, of kedusha, of divine expression that the body can contain. It's like the narrow mouth of the funnel. That's the part that fits in the bottle. Yeah, the part that's that's been constricted enough to actually enter inside the bottle, and that's where the drip comes from. That's where we get the drip that can be contained by, by by the bottle. But but that which sits atop the bottle, it's still part of the funnel. It still is there for that specific funnel. But its much wider edge sits above the above the bottle. So too, the much more expansive um, place and reality from which our soul draws its sustenance, it. It surrounds us. It, it, it's beyond the confines of, of, of the body. And yet at the same time, it pertains to our particular unique soul. And this was a kind of long discussion. I'm trying to do my best to distill the idea. Um, and then he says, but and then this is something even beyond that, which is you think about the barrel itself. 
and the wine in the barrel and the spout of the barrel, that's already beyond the specific bottle. The wine in the barrel is already, by analogy, that's already, so to speak, that, that just divinity that exists beyond the individual. But what we're focusing on here in this discussion, the Rebbe says, is the individual's recep- reception of sustenance from God, which, which is expressed through the composition of that unique soul, which is that funnel and that bottle. The yechida, chaya, neshama, ruach, nefesh of that particular person. Okay, but we all draw from this great barrel. Mm-hmm. But we can all, when we speak about the individual, we're only speaking about your particular funnel and bottle, so to speak. Okay, um, and the Rebbe then drew a parallel between those portions of soul. And this isn't his uh, creation. This is already there in all of the the Kabbalistic farim. Is that the this process of soul and the gradations of soul from infinite light to more distinct manifestation to greater and greater gradations of, of tzimtzum, yeah, of distillation until it becomes um, embodied in even in the most physical um, forms of our, of our body and, and, and physical vitality. So he says this is all paralleled by the creation of the world in general which is expressed through what's called the, the olamot, the vatsilut, bria, yitzira, and asiya, and that the, in the Kabbalah 6 frame, the, the four olamot and the portions of soul are, are parallel to one another. Like you understand, just if you have familiarity with that process, we can already kind of, I think, see how the creation of an individual person is, is part and parcel of the creation of a universe and, and earth and physical material existence. It's all part of one kind of unfolding process. So that's, that's basically what, and what the Rebbe, in particular, I think what he wanted to point out to us is that these portions of being, of soul, of self uh, that are being described are not distinct from the whole of creation itself. It's part and parcel of this same divine project and process of, of Briyat Olamot. Briyat Olamot. Okay. So, so far, we're still in the Chochmah Merubah Mimasein. Knowledge beyond, beyond Maisa. I want to start, uh, I'm not sure where it is on the pages, at Gimel. Totsa'ot varenu elehem, the outcome, some total of what we said until now, she'ha'ish Yisrael atzmo, that the Ish Yisrael, the person of Yisrael, themselves, uktushato, and the, their, the holiness of their, of their being, mimarom nimshach, it is drawn from above. And it, it unfolds into the person or within the person. Into the, these manifestations of soul that we've, we've been discussing. The hem, and they themselves. These themselves, these portions of soul themselves are the expressions of those Olamot, those layers, those realms, what are called the universes um, in the Kabbalistic terminology. And even though the level, levels of soul, which correspond to the world of Atzilut, right? Atzilut, um, it, it has a bunch of meanings, but one of the meanings of Atzilut is, is nobility. It says in Parsha Mishpatim, the, the noble ones. But, but it also the word etzel. The word etzel means what? No, that's etzem. By one's person. Etzel is, is, to be, is nearness. So atzilut is, is a reality of, of absolute nearness and intimate bonding. So chayin yichida, these levels of soul that are still in that realm of atzilut, of, of nearness to God, they don't enter into the body. Yeah, they, they, they exist beyond, beyond the person's body. Nonetheless, each person has their own particular holding of, uh, in, in the world of atzilut, which is expressed through the particular chayin yichida. Again, the, the part of your funnel that rests above your, your physical being. He says, just like every single funnel has its own size. There's different sized funnels. So too, each person has their own unique um, 
territory, so to speak, in, in God's worlds. You know, Slochit is the bottle. Right? Each person's soul is, is, is attached to these olamot of Kedusha, or rather receives from these olamot of, of Kedusha according to its own unique um, composition. Zot omeret. The Rebbe says this, what this means is that every single person has a portion, has a chedek in these divine realities of these olamot, even atzilut, even the most sublime ones. And even if we don't understand them, we don't comprehend them, we don't even perceive them perhaps. And they're lemala mimenu. They they exist beyond me. Mikolmakom shelohem. Nonetheless, they actually they are mine. There is a portion of of that divine reality that is mine. That is to me. Vekavehem v'nitzotzotehem nimshachot bo. And the rays, the lines, so to speak, the threads and sparks of those realities that exist beyond my individual physical being, they still. Nimshachot both. They're still drawn into me, even if I cannot perceive how or or what. Through the levels of soul that we've been discussing that 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 do exist within me, right? They're gradations. Again, something we saw last week is that the gradations of soul are not distinct from one another. It's in a sense, it's a um every layer of reality, and in the individual, every layer of being is that same, is the same divine light, Kedusha, these are the words that Rabbi's been using, or in Kedusha, but that same divine substance, so to speak, that, that merely unfolds itself and unfurls itself in, a, in, a, in more and more metzumtzam <coughs> expressions. But it's the, what, it, what, what it composes the Yatzilut, what composes Chaya and Yechida, is the same thing that composes the nefesh and the blood that runs through my veins. There's just a different um, degree of receptivity of that divine light that it then becomes manifest and expressed in this particular way. The Rebbe says, with, if it were not for these higher realities that we cannot perceive or understand, perhaps, even the, the more um, distilled and embodied lev- levels of soul would not have any existence without them. Without the Chayichida, there would be no Nefesh Ruch Neshama. It's all a, a further drawing of the same, the same godly stuff. Okay. Lachain. <coughs> and now the Rebbe is finally bringing us back to where we where began here. Ha'ish Yisrael halomed min yonei olam ha'atzilut b'ria yitzira. If Ish Yisrael is learning... In a safer learning about these these ideas of Olam Hatzilut Bria Yitzira, Rak Michelek Haolamot Shalolamed. The only thing he can learn truly is the portions of those realities that pertain to him, that are his. And even though I cannot have real recognition in a cognitive way, of what my chedek in, in, in God's realities are. And even if I'm understanding something and I intellectually chop some idea there, I don't step into that realm, so to speak. It's because there is those layers of atzilut, of bria, that, that, that may exist beyond me. I'm going to read a few sentences here, and I think this then we'll be able to flush out a bit more. Okay. Whenever you understand anything, you comprehend something that you saw in a book that's speaking about holy and godly matters. Be cautious and be careful. Don't think that now you understand something about the divine realms of Yitzira, Abriya, Atzilur, these Olamot. It is only a portion of your portions 
that exist in these realms. And from the portions of your own soul that you've come to understand. Meaning, anything that I'm learning about these divine concepts, don't come to think that it's this objective reality that you now understand. What The only thing that you can see or come to comprehend in these farim is a chelek michelkecha, is a portion of myself. In a sense, the book is, is, is telling me where I come from. And my ability to understand or comprehend or perceive something from those realities is, is defined by my own individual attachments to those realities, my own individual the way in which I am drawn from those realities. In other words, you can only interface with those realities on, on the level or the nikuda way you're at. Through the, lens, the, the, through the lens of my own soul, of my own resonance with and belonging to those realms. You're talking about subjectivity. Yes. Your subjective reality is what you're going to be able to, to comprehend. We read a book and we think it's talking about God. But what it is doing is showing us the how the godly reality is mirrored into my own personal being. We're saying this is the nature of what it means to learn these matters and what we can come to comprehend. Now, the Rebbe is saying it right now in a way of humility, saying don't come to think you got something. Don't come to think you, you now have something about the divine. You are coming to understand something about yourself. That is the only lens through which you can comprehend any of this. I'm going to read the rest of the sentence, okay? And somebody who is in a, on, a, on, a, on a higher level than you. Whatever you comprehended from, from these olamot would be very small in that person's, in that person's uh, perspective. Because that person has a comprehension of the olamot according to their levels of soul, right? So back to the funnel. If, if, if somebody's funnel is much larger than mine and they have a much higher degree of receptivity of, of this reality than I do, so the way that they can, can, see, can perceive something or, or understand something in these realms is going to be vastly greater than the way that I can receive or perceive something in these realms. Shem gdolot harbe mishacha. That person's... Um, Receptivity to this is, is is beyond mine. So, so there's there's I think in these words already we're going to see more as we read. But in these words already there's in a sense like there's something that's that's elevating and empowering about it. There's something that's very humbling about it. This is levels of the soul they sit in these different realms. They are the the levels of the soul are the ways in which my being is composed of these realms. The way that those olamot are expressed as me is called nefesh ruach neshama chayichida. Does that make sense? Right. The olamot are so, so to speak the mechanisms of creation. This is how God unfolds divinity into material reality. That's what it's describing. Naran Chai is describing how that happens in you, how that happens in you, how that happens in each individual person. Does that make sense when I'm answering? Right? All of the universe follows the same pattern of creation. It's all part of the process of Bri'ah, of Bri'at Human beings are part of that process too. The way that a human being is 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 expressed as part of as a created being, as a unique individual soul, is categorized by these levels of naranchai. So it's not like nefesh is mina is keneged asiya. It is. It is exactly that. Oh, that's nefesh right. is keneged asiya. Ruach is keneged yitzira. Neshama is keneged bria. And he says that chay yichida is keneged atzilut. It's exactly that. Okay. You know, like the, the way that the Sifri Kabbalah talk about um, Adam Olam Katan, you know, human being being a, 
a small universe. It's that within the the individual, there's there's all the layers of of the creation, um, in an, in an embodied and beyond the body way. What is, and he's saying what is practically means to me. Just practically is not a word I would yet apply. Okay, it is a kind of practically. Okay. It is a kind of practically. We'll what he's practical. saying right now is is still on the level of what, what, what do you what do you think you're you're able to comprehend here anyway? Whatever you're able to comprehend is 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 actually a self a self knowledge that you're gaining. What is possible? Okay, what is not possible for me is to come is to read books and come to say I know. Some I know God. Not I know the divine. Yeah. The aim soft to it. Though, right. isn't there? But what is possible is for me to come away from the book and say, I've come to perceive, I, I have some more insight into this reality through which I am created and how it exists in me. That's why it says whoever saves a person mm-hmm. saved the whole exactly because you've saved the universe there is one uni- one divine expression of of a universe <clears throat> that, that 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 individual embodies and and you have just saved that exactly exactly i mean there's so many ways to to you know being created in the image and you know there's many different uh, articulations of this uh, in Chumash and throughout, throughout all the Chazal. and god keeps track of all the billions of people in the world like this yes but again, keeping track is not through some distanced. It's not like God is up there somewhere at the headquarters and like watching. You know, there's this is all what the Rebbe said last week when we saw it. this is all an unfolding from God's own self. This is all an expression. This is all a divine expression. We get to be these little individual, ignorant portions of divine expression that can come to learn bit by bit a little bit about ourselves. Yeah. Ignorant, would you say ignorant? Uh, I said ignorant, yeah. Uh, no, but it was a brilliant. Yeah, I don't remember what I said. <laughs> ignorant <laughs> portions <laughs> of divine expression, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's a good, uh, yeah, that's that's so that's the, a very kind way. Of, well, that's that's of, the gift of, that's of, of referring the to gift of concealment, the gift of concealment. The process of Timsum is a process of 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 God's withdrawal, so to speak. That's what makes space for for us to perceive reality as as distinct consciousness even though at root and in essence we're we're simply not what they would be saying is okay all of your consciousness is drawn from from that divine source so then when you're coming to learn so to speak about god it's it's giving you a little bit more insight into into what the nature of your being is let's read a little more if you are studying Tanakh and you learn about Yechezkel's vision of the of of the Merkava, the Merkava and there's a image on the throne, the, the image of a human being upon it above. Oh, you you learned this, you read all the Mefarshim, you meditated on it, you thought about it, you understood something about it. Don't, it should not have the, the smallest glimmer of a thought in your heart that you now comprehend what the Navi saw and described here. Hasmila Hazkir, Khalila. Kirak nitzots minitzots. It is merely a spark of a spark. Vihara min heara and a glimmer of a glimmer of the light of the vision of, this, of that prophet has been um, distilled, constricted, and, and um, to, to a limited degree until it reached the, the portion of your own soul. And all you understood here is a portion of a portion of a portion of your own being, of your own soul. Shinos abikirba, and this is the other side. Shinos abikirba gamhe aramidivehanavi. My most limited portion of soul does carry within it some glimmer of prophetic vision. It's just that Yechezkel's vision 
and receptivity, the divine expression that as it existed through Yechezkel and Navi, and as it exists through me, are incomparable. Ah, but they actually do also share a core existence. And that is why, that is why I can get a glimmer of what, what Yechezkel saw, even though it actually looks nothing like what Yechezkel saw. Yeah, you hear you hear this like dance between between the the gadlut, the greatness, and also the the extreme humility of, of how we how we can we can orient ourselves towards this. You saw something, ah, but what you saw is not what he saw. But you also saw something. And he, the Rebbe says it is only in this way through this approach that. You shall. You should look and study um, the holy matters of Torah. I just want to say that, in general, in the broad scope of uh, in the, the Rebbe's writing, and something I, I, I didn't mention when we came in here is that the Rebbe's introduction to to this discussion was about what does it mean that we are descendants of descendants of prophets, b'nei Hanavi. It doesn't just mean that we had great ancestors and that we are biologically in their lineage. The Rebbe says that uh, to be B'nai HaNavi'im is like, like we say about somebody who's a Ben Torah or a Ben Olam Haba. A Ben Torah is not somebody whose grandfather learned Torah. A Ben Torah is somebody whose life is infused with Torah, whose character is shaped by the Torah that they engage in. Uh, a Ben Olam Haba is somebody whose place his portion is in Olam Haba. A Bnei Hanavi'i, a Bnei Hanavi'im, by, by nature of our being, the Rebbe says, by, from, and what he's been describing, where the soul and the, 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 the existence of each individual of Israel comes from, is from a, a prophetic connection with God. It is a, an inheritance, a soul inheritance. And it means, as far as the Rebbe is concerned, and we see this throughout his writings, that what we experience in our contact with Torah and God to this day is framed in the prophetic relationship with God. It just doesn't look anything like the prophets of old. And our avoda becomes to re-engage in the prophetic path of, of devotion and, and connection with, with God. Uh, I'll tell you, as the, one of the furthest places the Rebbe says it. It's like beautiful. He says, right, the experience of prophecy, if you look in, the, in, the, in Tanakh, the prophets are called Meshugayim. Crazy people. You see, the crazy people. In, in Sefer Shmuel and in, in, in later, later Sefer Nevi'im, they're called the crazy people because they would go into this state, they'd tear their clothes off, they'd play music, they'd be journeying around, screaming like they were outcast by, you know. The prophetic experience is, is one of in, intense um, emotion and, and more. Something that, that makes the whole being quake. So Rebbe says, you know, Jews tend to be nervous. That's what the Rebbe says. He says, the nervous quality that he perceives among Jews, the kind of anxious quality that he perceives, he says, I think it's a, this glimmer of a glimmer of a glimmer of that same prophetic core. To be able to be um, powerfully affected by, by, by our experiences. So things set us off. Things are, are the world is, is, is potent. He says, this is, this is, again, this great degree of tzimtzum, infinite tzimtzum of, of what, what, a, what a prophetic quality is. A prophetic quality is somebody can be lit up by their encounter with, with the divine. Serbi so says, is your mother nervous? There, there's, a, there's a quality, it's because we're b'nei hanavi. There's, there's a, a, a sensitivity and anticipation um, in there. It's, it's, it's beautiful and it's also absurd, right? But the, but this is the Rebbe takes this extremely seriously. There is the, the soul that never exists distinct from the personality, distinct from our our emotional experience, distinct from our bodies. This is the nature that we are composed of. The avoda is uncovering that, revealing that. What the Rebbe says throughout his time, the galot et nefesh, to uncover the the core 
reality that 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 that's really pumping us with, with life and that's really guiding the process that that, that we're experiencing. It's very powerful as a you're, you're, uh, social life, a therapist, like. Mm-hmm. Very powerful, I think, to be able to recognize yeah. that the reason a person reacts to certain things the way they do, not because of the problem they have, but because something they're too attuned to something. There's a, a receptivity and sensitivity in their in their being that that hasn't yet found a place to be expressed healthily. In social work, we call it a strengths-based perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Rabbi Nachman might call it identifying the nukudot tafot. Sifri Chassidut would call it sweetening the the judgments in their source. Allow you to understand a little bit more. Let me give you another metaphor. You know that within the body, there are various um, capabilities and senses. Right, my sense of, of of hearing comes through my ears, my vision through the eyes, my ability to walk through my legs. However, every distinct part of my being, of my physical being, it all receives its capability, its, its vitality, its life force, from the what's called the nefesh achiyunit, that that's singular vitality that exists in the body. What, because what happens? What's a, a corpse? A corpse has all the same tools. It has the legs, it has the eyes, it has the ears, it has the tongue, but it can't, none of them work. Why? It's not because each one of them shut down. It's because the singular life force that pumps life into every bo- capability of the body, it stopped, stopped living. Would we say that there's many distinct nefashot, um, sources of life within, within the physical being, nefesh harolat's mother, the, the visual ability on its own, this, the hearing soul on its own, the walking on its own. There's one singular nefesh, one singular soul that gives vitality to the entire body, to every part of the body, to every capability of the body. It is that, rather, it is that each vessel, each kli, each, each portion of the body, each ability, the physical ability that enclothes, that gives, that through which that nefesh is expressed, right? My, my life force is expressed through my ear as hearing, through my eyes as the abilities. How you know all, all the fact of my life, the reality of my being alive is expressed through each one of my body's capabilities in a unique way. But it's not because I have many different souls giving me life. It's because there's different vessels, there's different expressions, hearing, seeing, walking, breathing, eating. These are different ways that that being alive is expressed. When, when the soul, of the, the life force is expressed through the eyes, so what it, it, it's manifest as vision. When the, when the soul, when my life force is expressed through my ears, which is a different avenue than my eyes, so it comes through, it comes across as hearing. I'm going to say very, very just briefly, because I, I want us to get to the next paragraph here. Everybody's just saying every part of my physical being expresses my life force in a unique way. But it's not because it's distinct life force, not distinct nefashot. It's because my singular being, through each particular vessel, each particular form of expression, that's how it. That's how it's revealed: vision, hearing, breathing, eating, digesting, walking, blood flow, heart pump. Right? There's many different ways that that the the fact of life, the existence of life within me, is is identifiable. 
ובמשל הזה תבין יותר גם את דברינו הנ"ל. בעניין ההשגות האיש בעניינים הגבוהים. Through this parable, you can come to understand our words a little bit more about a person's ability to understand and comprehend עניינים גבוהים, high matters. כי חוץ מזה מה שעניינים האלו כולם קודש, גם הבנת האיש בזה לא הבנה בלבד היא, כמו שמביאים בחוכמות אחרות. Because beyond the fact that all of these matters that we study in, in the realm of Torah, that they're all Kodesh, they're all holy. Our understanding of these matters is not a mere intellectual understanding. It's not like, it's not the same way of understanding as I would in other um, realms, such as math or or astrology. For example, where I think about and analyze and understand things that exist beyond me, like he says, uh, the, the movement of the stars and, and uh, you know, the, the signs in the sky. Because even when I come to understand those things, they continue to exist outside of me. Yeah, it's detached from me. I think about things, I understand things that exist distinct from me, and even my, when I understand them fully, they continue to exist distinct from me, somewhere out there. Because of this, this way of, in the same way of thinking, I can, I can think of things that don't exist at all in the world. Right? Nothing that I intellectually comprehend has, has to exist be, within me. It's a beautiful thing. He says, for example, most of mathematical um, thought is in the realm of theory, of hechatimtza. Right? We say in the Gemara, hechatimtza is like theoretical realities. Most of, you know, the real mathematicians, they're spending their lives thinking about things that don't exist. Theoretical mathematics doesn't have to exist to understand anything about it. And understanding it doesn't make it exist either. <laughs> right? This is the Rebbe saying what most intellectual endeavor and, and understanding looks like. It's like Sheker, basically. I don't know if it's Sheker. I mean, it depends what you mean by Sheker. I mean, that it's, it's, the Chochmas of the world, like uh, the Rebbe Nachman says, like, you know, it's all Sheker, 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 Sheker. It's not real, you know? Uh, you were saying, the, the Rebbe saying it doesn't... The Rebbe's not giving a value judgment on it right now. He's saying it's distinct from me. It doesn't have to exist within me. If this happened and this happened and this happened, what would it amount to, etc. What the Rebbe is distinguishing here is what, what, what holy understanding and, and non-holy understanding look like. What, the, what is the distinction? What happens when we understand something in holiness? Havana zu Hasaga ashir bikirbo But an understanding of, of holiness, which is by nature, the Rebbe says, a hasaga asher bikirbo. It is by nature an, an, an innate, an internal comprehension. Hamshachat. Bikirbo is just internal? In, inner. Kerev, within. Again, what the Rebbe said before, the only thing you can understand in holiness is the portion of your portion in that realm. So when you come to understand something, it is an internal understanding you're coming to know. It is not merely an intellectual comprehension. It's an active hamshacha. It is a drying of all the portions of my soul within me. And each element, each aspect of my being shows this understanding to me is revealed and uncovered to me according to the kli, <coughs> to the form, the vessel through which it is enclosed. He's going to say more about this in a minute, but, but let's just, first just to frame what he just said. What's the difference between me understanding theoretical mathematics, me having what's, what's called true hasaga in, in, some, in, in Torah or in hasagata kodesh, Again, the Rebbe has not yet 
told us in a concrete way what this means. So let's hold that for a moment. Thurby's describing the process. The process of understanding something in holiness, of holy comprehension and insight, is based on a part of my soul being revealed to me. It's a part of my soul being revealed to me. That is what it means to understand something in Inyan in, in, in Kodesh. It doesn't look the same as an intellectual understanding. It doesn't look the same as a mathematical equation because it is not that. It is not a disembodied thought process. It's an encounter with something at the core of my being. You know, I, I'll just maybe to explain this more experientially, our, our experience of, of being touched by something in Torah, I think, is is not merely, oh, I understood. It's so, it's so, um, what a genius, what a brilliant idea. What a smart concept. It's much beyond the conceptual framework. When Torah becomes meaningful, it's because something about it just moved me at a core, in a core place that I, I can't really tell you what it was. I can't really tell you why or how or, or what, but I can feel it. I can experience it. I, I know it within me that something about it is, is, is here and is present and is real. I couldn't, it's not because I, I proved an equation about it. But we're saying a hasaga of Kodesh, a comprehension of holiness, it's, it's not an intellectual understanding, meaning it includes the intellect. It includes the intellect. It uses the intellect. I mean, that's just one more clay. That's just one more portion of your soul that you're using to come to, to encounter holiness. We encounter holiness through the arousal of our soul, not through a disembodied conceptual idea. I'm actually I'm going to look at the clock here. When Kedusha, when an encounter with holiness is received through the lavush, again, through the garment, and, I, and I'm sorry, we're, there's a lot of technical language here, but this is trying to give language to, to that which does not necessarily have native language. When it is expressed through a bodily expression, which is the arousal of the nefesh within me, I'm going to feel my body vitalized. By it. But not merely vitalized like an animal is 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 given physical vitality or like I'm given physical vitality when I'm not touched by holiness. Rather, what he calls the, the kind of arousal of, of Kedushat Nishmat Yisrael, of the, the arousal that is the expression of my soul drawing from its, from its origin place. Right? We know what it feels like in, in our bodies to be, for the body to be aroused by something holy. Whether it's a sense of uh, trembling on Yom Kippur or, or dancing on Simchas Torah or jumping at Kabbalat Shabbat or singing, whatever it is. We know what it's like for the body to be aroused by something holy. That is the nefesh being, un- like this is a kind, the Rebbe's calling this a hasaga of holiness. This is what it means to comprehend holiness, to receive holiness through, through the levush, through the garment of the nefesh. It's it's the chayut of the nefesh. Yes, that's when it's through the nefesh. And when it comes to the heart, when, when, the, when holiness touches my heart, so that's where the, the level of ruach is being uncovered to me. And, it's, and all of the midot that, that pertain to that realm of, of, of a feeling of love, a feeling of longing, a feeling of awe. And it's not the same. My, my feeling of love and awe that when it's, when it's a holy uncovering of my spirit is not the same as my feeling of love for uh, a tuna sandwich or a cup of coffee or my feeling of awe, of, of fear of, um, you know, a wild dog on the street. 
it's a different quality of, of, of those midot being expressed. It's the, the holy expression of those midot. He's referring us back to something he discussed in Chobat HaTamidim, that the holy characteristics, the divine qualities are, are enclosed and, and buried and hidden, so to speak, beneath or within all of our qualities. But there's certain things, there's certain experiences, certain encounters that bring them out in their in their divine quality, in their more godly expression. And when, when this encounter with holiness is enclosed in my mind, there's a, there's a more refined, more transparent awareness that, that's born there through the through the neshama. To, to yes, to have an, a, a Aware, conscious understanding on that level of Torah and Avodah. And again, as these portions of soul continue to be expressed within me, to uncover themselves within me, to, in, in a sense, allowing more of this light to pour into me. Yeah? To be aroused in me. So these abilities will increase within me. Right? It's not, if we go back to the mashal of the funnel, it's not like, oh, that's your funnel and that's all you get, sorry. It's not a, it's not that that the portions of soul are, are predetermined, that this is all it is and that's the way it is the rest of your life. We, we, we're composed of these levels of receptivity and the more that we engage them and open them, so the more that they're able to expand and receive more and more. And when, what, what, and the Rebbe now, what the Rebbe's really doing is, is explaining to us in experiential terms what does it look like or what does it feel like to be to have an encounter with holiness and to this is what it looks like to have understanding, this, this comprehension, the chelik of my chelik, right? He described it before in theory. I'm understanding a, a portion of my portion of those worlds. What does it feel like in experience? Ah, when the nefesh is being uncovered, it's because you feel it in your body. When the ruach is uncovered, you feel it in your heart and your in your emotions. When the neshama is being uncovered, you're you're coming to some kind of comprehension and understanding. When the chay and yichida are being aroused, yitosef beratzon It's expressed as longing, as yearning and thirsting for something holy. Which, which is our way of experiencing. How do I experience that I that I have a belonging to something that's beyond me? It's it, it's in the realm of longing. I long for it. Can I explain to you what? It, I don't even know what it is yet, but I want it. I just know I want it. It's a. Um, it's beyond my intellect. My desire. My desire is beyond my intellect. Maybe it's born from some kind of awareness on the but it's my encounter with that which lies beyond me is expressed or experienced through longing through my thirst <laughs> and kabbalistically ratzon it's it's corresponds to, to keter to the higher to the higher points of of um of where we where we come from losharak el hanistar yishtokek vistam liot sadik adol yachpot belo avodah qualifies what he just said. It's not just, it's not merely that we will have a desire for that which is beyond us, which is hidden from us. And we, we just have this passionate desire, want, I want to be this great tzaddik without having to work for it. It's not just that we have some kind of fantasy of where I want to be. What does real longing look like with my entire being, gambugufo, virucho, with my body, with my spirit, with my emotions? Yishtokek, I'm going to be longing with all of those parts of myself. To bring myself closer to God, to increase in my in, in, in holiness before in, in, in the way that I'm that I'm truly experiencing life and living in avoda. My action and my emotion will be guided by that will. Af b'mocho, 
and my mind too, Yachsof Lahasig Yoter, will, will, will start to desire and want to, to understand more. Hen Belimura Torah. Whether that's expressed through a desire to, to learn more Torah, learn more Chumash Rashi and Mishnayot and Halacha and Gemara, or whether it means a deeper understanding in, in Divrei Chasidut, and in the, the soul's elevation. What the Rebbe is describing here, and I don't know if we if were able to capture it, but this paragraph that we just read is is the is is what all that stuff he talked about before looks like in action? What does it look like in action that I have a that I'm encountering a portion of the portion of my soul in divrei Torah or in divrei avodah? It looks like in action that my body is being activated and excited by it. It looks like in action that my emotions, my ruach, are being engaged with with feelings of love, awe, of of, of beauty, of of all these, of determination, um, of, of acknowledgement, of gratitude. It looks like my mind being totally wrapped and immersed in, in, in this holy awareness. It looks like my yearning be overcoming me and, and pushing me, not only in theory, but also in experience and in action to want to draw myself closer to this thing that lies beyond me. This is what it looks like for the portions of Naran Chai, Nefesh, Ruach, Nisham, Yechida to be aroused and uncovered to me through my learning of these matters. And this is their purpose. This is the purpose of, the, of that learning, to, to bring me in, in, in touch with that soul that lives within me and for it to become more and more revealed and manifest. We didn't get to the next paragraph. The next paragraph, the Rebbe says, this is what it, what, how we can justify. You know, we're not Chochma Merubah Mima if we're learning in this way, if we're approaching Sifi Chasidut, Kabbalah, really all Torah, in this way, it's not a disembodied knowledge anymore. It's a it's a it's a embodied internal awareness that we're cultivating, exercising in this learning, arousing, and 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 coming to to not only know intellectually but to to actually become more of. As in the words, I'm trying to feed or access deeper levels of my soul. Yes. Yeah, and the learning is, is activating that within me. That's, that's, the, that's the orientation that the Rebbe is giving us towards. How do you, how do you learn these farim? Know who you're coming to, to encounter. Know, know what, what, we're, what we're looking to, so to speak, take away from this. What it means to actually receive something from the learning. Kotuf.